The scope of this series, Awaken Creation, is praise and worship. Now, here's the thing. The scope of praise and worship is like big. It's kind of like asking a preacher, what are you preaching on, Jesus? Uh, we're talking about his birth, his salvation, his, his miracles. What elements of Jesus are you talking about? The scope of praise and worship is similar. Are we talking about music? Are we talking about the fact that you don't have to have music? Are you talking about the eternal, you know, heavenly stuff? The scope of it is really, really big. And you know what's interesting? There's only one time in the Bible that the words praise and worship are in the same sentence. Yeah, same passage. It's, it's very interesting. It's Psalms 138-something. So what is praise and worship? Why has it become such a big deal in our modern churches? As a matter of fact, what is praise? What is worship? Because they're separate. They're different. They're kind of like um, mutually independent. In, interdependent. They're, they're one and they're separate, but they can be similar at the same time. What is your role? What is my role in praise and worship? These are things that we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. Think about the timeline of praise and worship. So let me introduce this term to you, pre-Adamic. So before the earth here, you know, God still was. He, he didn't get born when the earth was born, right? No, he's been here the whole time. In pre-Adamic study, when we look at the Bible, many people theorize Lucifer or Satan as this archangel who was, um, he was basically like a musical instrument, some people theorize based on the scriptures here. He had the stones in his body, and when the glory of God would shine through those stones, it would be like beautiful, and it would magnify God. That's, that's one theory. So here's what we know about pre-Adamic worship. It was... Before earth began, there was worship and there was praise to God. If you fast forward, earth was formed. Did uh, this, is, this is fun. The uh, introduction of vocal and instrumental music to mankind. Do you know who the first musician was? Do you know who the father of music was? Any of my fellow musicians? Jubal. Jubal. Do you know what his name means? A stream. I love that because have you ever heard a musician say, just flow with it? It's biblical. We can just flow in music, you know? It's like, yeah, you got the flow, bro, and you got the little jazz harmonics going on, you got the triads and all those good lyrics. When music was created, this guy named Jubal, I believe it's in Genesis 4.21, he created it, and it means a stream to flow. So we know that flowing in praise and worship is a thing because when you fast forward, to King David. King David established the Levites as the musical art worshipers when he was king. That's significant. That is very significant. In 1 Chronicles 25, we read that David and the temple officials chose some to be in charge of music. They were to play, I'm sorry, they were praise the Lord with cymbals, harps, and other stringed instruments. And David, y'all know, wrote many of the Psalms, Psalm 33. You know, when I was 11 years old, I started taking guitar lessons. When I was 13, I actually started playing on the praise and worship team in that little rock building. But I remember being up there in one of those rooms taking lessons. And through those years, those formative years in my musical life, this scripture hit me, Psalm 33, verse 3. It says, sing, uh, let me read the first part, sing a new song to him, but this was the, the next part was it, play skillfully with a loud noise. King David wrote, play skillfully with a loud noise. 
because he knows playing skillfully is what is a part of praise and worship. You know, if you, if you read Psalm 150, there is like three verses that talk about praise him with the trumpet, harp, lyre, praise him with the tambourine, praise him with the dance, praise him with the flute, praise him with the strings, the symbols, the clashing symbols, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So jump back into the timeline with me. We know that praise and worship existed before the earth. We see that the instrumental and vocal um, role in praise and worship began at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 4. As it developed and evolved, the King David established that praise and worship musically is a thing in the temple or in the church. Now fast forward to the New Testament. In the New Covenant, in the New Testament, we see Psalms hymns and spiritual songs that were emphasized you know what's fun is that when you study jesus he never really had a praise and worship service you may think that's an excuse to not have music in the church but no i mean think about it. it's kind of like the principle of the tithe when when the the pharisees saw that jesus didn't give like money in the offering they approached peter and said hey does your master not uh give to the temple tax Jesus went, or Peter went and talked to Jesus. Jesus said, hey, listen, here's the thing. I don't have to pay the temple tax. I'm the temple. I ain't going to pay myself. And so anyways, Jesus went ahead and, you know, the story of the goldfish. He went fishing and found a gold coin in his mouth. The principle of that, in my opinion, is the same as the principle of praise and worship. Jesus didn't really have to sing praise to himself. You know what I'm saying? But there was one time in Scripture, I believe, it said they sung a hymn and left. So it is neat to know that even Jesus participated in praising his father in singing. That's that's good to know. Um, in Ephesians 5, 19 and Colossians 3, 16, we will jump into these in another week. But we see New Testament, the the command or the, I guess you could say, spiritual emphasis of using music in the praise and worship to God. And we, again, we'll cover those later. Fast forward to today. Somebody say today, Junior. <laughs> today we have our own expressions of awe and wonder to God. I know this must sound crazy, but when Miss Demetria is working on the lights up here, this incredible uh, backdrop of the wood, all of this stuff is arts and worship to God. We have the opportunity to express worship in a way that only King David could have dreamed of. And I'm telling you, when you do it with a pure heart, I believe God is pleased. So we see that worship has always been, and it is today, but you know the stories of heaven. There will always be angels around the throne of God singing, holy, holy, holy. There is a creation that must be awakened to the expression of awe and wonder to God. Praise and worship has always been and always will be. And we know that it is beyond music. You know, Romans 12, 2 says to offer your bodies as living sacrifices because this is your reasonable act of worship. But the scope of the series that we're going to talk about is our response. And oftentimes it does come through music. It does. So we're going to focus there. That's kind of going to be our central theme. Listen to this. There is life-changing life-altering power that comes when you give praise and worship to your creator. You know what's great? 
there's even more, a, a whole new level when we come together in unity to praise and worship God. When all creation comes together in a unified heart, unified goal, one mission, one purpose to praise and worship God, there is power and it is amazing to see what God does in those moments. Not because we, we it, this is a terrible illustration, but it's not like you go milk a cow, right? It's like you're milking the cow. I want milk. I want milk. I want milk. Sometimes when you praise God, it's kind of like milking the cow. Milk just kind of comes. That's a terrible illustration, but I, I think I'll just, let's take a break. We don't milk God for what he gives us. You know what I'm saying? Man, that was a bad illustration. I didn't even write it in my message. So let's get to today's one-liner. Wow. Here it is. Mankind can be awakened to God's power through unified praise and worship. Mankind. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Point that thumb back at yourself. Say, that's me too. Mankind can be awakened to God's power through unified praise and worship. There's this great story of this Sunday school class, and the teacher was teaching the little kids whose name the Son of God was. And then God, and, and the teacher was building up to that moment. He said, and who died on the cross because he loves you so much? And this one kid said, Howie. The teacher said, what? Howie? Who's Howie? Who's been teaching these kids this terrible stuff? And she said, what, what do you mean, Howie? And the little kid said, well, it's what we sing in church. Oh, Howie loves us. Oh, Howie loves us. Oh, Howie loves us. Howie, Howie, Howie. So how do we... Play on words, pun totally not intended, but intended. How do we join with creation and being unified to praise and worship our God? Well, we do this by knowing and understanding our role and our responsibility. Today, we're going to focus on our role in creation to be awakened and praised. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk about our response and our response ability, not necessarily responsibility. Your response ability, your ability to respond in praise and worship. But today, I hope to impart into you a greater understanding and appreciation of the role of yourself in the creation to praise and worship the Creator. We humans play a small yet super significantly important role in praising and worshiping our Creator. Let me ask you this question. And I ask this because I ask myself this. Did God create us to praise him? Did God create creation to simply give him praise? Is there this default setting inside of us that just snaps on at 12 o'clock each day and says, Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Jesus, thank you for today. Is there a default meter within us? Well, here's, here's what I, I want to read to you. I found this. I love it. It's on Greg Lowry's website. He's an amazing evangelist if you don't know who he is. He says this. God did not need us. Some people have said, after creating our world and the animal life, God found himself lonely, so he created man. Now, that's a sweet and heartwarming sentiment, isn't it? But it's simply not true. God is independent of mankind. 
He doesn't need us. He doesn't even need the rest of creation or anything. Acts chapter 17 says this, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Now watch this. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all breath life in all things. Here's what we know about you and I as creation. We were created with a choice. We can choose to praise God. God didn't create you to force you to praise him. He didn't force you to obey him, did he? No. In the choices dichotomous, it's only two. It's simple. You can choose to engage with all creation, to see God for who he is, and give awe to him, and then proclaim him to all, all creation, or you can simply not. It's super, super simple. As a matter of fact, let me over, give you an oversimplified example. When you and I come here on Sunday mornings, the first thing we usually do is music, right? Ain't wrong. We express our praise and worship through music. Now, sometimes, just on occasion, a rare chance, we might hit a sour note up here. Okay, let's be honest. It happens. Often. But that's okay. As long as we're continually being skillful. And you know, when we, we do actually practice, we do rehearse, but what's so encouraging, and let me free you up for something. Remember this, your praise and worship shouldn't be dependent upon our quality or lack thereof. Amen? Have mercy on us. We're not professionals. We just love the Lord like you do too, and we're learning to express ourselves through song. Now, here's the thing. We have the choice to praise Him. We can praise Him with our spirit. We can praise Him with our soul. Remember what Psalm 103 says. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O my soul. Yeah, yeah, that's biblical. Did you know that? You're singing the scriptures. Isn't it great? Yes. And you can also, believe it or not, you can choose to worship and praise the Lord with your body. Over the next three weeks, next week, uh, Mama, Nay, Mama Renee is going to be talking to you about an awakened spirit in worship. I'll be back the following week to talk about an awakened soul in worship, and then we'll end it with an awakened body to worship Him. But today, let's get back to my message here. I'm sorry. We know that we're not created to have to worship. We can choose, and here's what we know. With every choice comes a consequence. Every choice comes a consequence. As a young parent... You know, I had to learn that I can't force my little Addie Kate to do anything. I can, I can tell her what to do, and she may not do it. That's her choice. But Addie Kate learns, and she's even learning to verbalize it back to us, that there are consequences for our actions, right? And for every action, there is a consequence. In the science world, they say for every action, there is a reaction. That's right. Now, when you choose not to create, I'm sorry, not to engage the creator with praise and worship, you are forfeiting your opportunity to know his realness. And you are stepping out from the God-established order of creation. Let me show you biblically. In Luke chapter 19, we'll have it up on the screen here, starting verse 28. You ready? 
when he, Jesus, had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples and said, Go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a young donkey tied there, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent left and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the young donkey, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the donkey? The Lord needs it, they said. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their robes on the donkey, they helped Jesus get on it. As he was going along, they were spreading their robes on the road. Now watch this. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully. Come on, somebody say, praise God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. We just praise you right now. We praise you right now. Come on, just join with me, church. Praise you, God. Use your words this morning. Just praise God. We praise you that you have silenced the enemy. We praise you that no weapon formed against your people shall prosper. We praise you that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. We just praise you, God. The blood of Jesus. Come on, praise him for the blood of Jesus. We praise you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We trust you, Lord. We thank you in all things that you are good. Yes, Lord. And it was just like that. They were praising him. They were praising the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was walking down, who was riding on a donkey. They began to praise him. Let me keep reading to you in verse 37. They began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice. There's that whole concept of using loudness. A loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. The king who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Oh, watch this, church. Verse 40. He answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. Creation will praise God. But you and I must step into the God-designed order to praise him. Because if you and I don't praise him, a rock is going to have to. And I think God would rather you choose to praise him than a rock have to. Now, here's the cool thing. When you choose to engage your creator with praise and worship with your spirit, your soul, and your body... You are stepping into your role as mankind. You are becoming an awakened creation. Awakened to the realness of God, to the power of God. Acts chapter 16 teaches us this. Are you ready? Acts 16 verses 25 to 30. Let me give you some context. Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel in a town where people just didn't know Jesus. People began to look at Paul and Silas and say, hey, don't like what you're teaching they did some miracles, I believe, and then they ended up being thrown into the jail. And so Paul and Silas were in jail. Let's read in verse 25. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Did you see that? Praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. 
Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open, and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself because all of us are here. Then the jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Watch what happened. They, Paul and Silas, were in a very hard season of life. They were in jail. They were shackled. They weren't able to move. They, they, they just were in a hard season. You know what's crazy is other people were in that same season. They were all in the jail, and they watched and they heard Paul and Silas speaking. The non-believers in your life, they are watching you go through your trials. They are watching you go through your hard times. But because Paul and Silas stepped into their role, their God-divine order of creation, and they began singing and praising him, creation joined with them, and an earthquake happened. God used an earthquake to praise him. Because what happened in the earthquake? Not only did Paul and Silas's shackles fall off, the doors came open. Every single jail cell just came open and the prisoners became freed. Do you see that? When we step into our God-ordained order and worship him, creation, creation will cry out with us. And the priority, the priority of God was accomplished in that moment. Do you know what the priority of God is? To seek and save the lost, to set free the captives, to set at liberty those who are bound. Hey, that's what Jesus wants to use you and me to do, to praise him, to step into our order of creation, no matter what our life is going through, to give him praise so that creation joins with us. People see the victory you're living. They see you being freed. And then the next thing you know, they're saying, what have I got to do to get that? Mm, come on, somebody say, yes Lord. yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Our role in creation is to become awakened to our creator. We have to become awakened to the awe that we realize when we are worshiping him. When, when you think of the word awe, it means to like give, ah, oh, yes, God. I know I used to be trapped in that sin, but I'm not anymore. I know that I've screwed up before, but you forgive me in my past. To be in awe of God for who he is, not necessarily what he's done, but for who he is. And then there's the beautiful part about proclaiming. We proclaim God to creation. When Paul and Silas were in the prison singing, they were proclaiming the goodness of God. And all creation heard it, and all creation joined with them. And the earth shook, and it set them free. Mankind, that's you, that's me. We can be awakened to God's power through unified praise and worship. We do this through our role as creation to choose to praise and worship Him. 
We have to take our rightful place in the order of creation. And that comes down to a choice you and I have to make. Will we worship or will we not? I want to ask my praise team to come on back up here because I'm going to give you a choice. We're going to sing this song, Great Are You, Lord. And I know it's a, it's a simple song to sing. It's, it's one of our favorites. It's an anthem. Great are you, Lord. And when we praise this church family, make the choice. Make the choice. Can I pray for you? Will you stand up on your feet? Once you stand, if you wouldn't mind just kind of closing your eyes for a minute. As the team gets ready to do this, I have to just make sure that you are ready, that you're ready to engage your creator with awe and to proclaim his freedom to those around you. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Say that with me. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Come on, he's bringing down the spiritual strongholds in your life when you praise him. He's tearing them down. There are chains that are falling. There are sins that are stopping. There is fear that is turning into peace. The spirit of the Lord is in this place to set free those who are at bondage.